when you know the impact that you're going to make on your uh, listeners and your uh, readers of your book, it makes it less about you. And so hopefully that will help you to remember that, you know, it doesn't matter if we don't look at 18 anymore. It doesn't matter if we've got a double chin or white hair or all the rest of it, because it's not about you. It's about your readers. Hello and welcome to The Writer's Mindset with me, Christina Adams. And me, Ellie Betts. Each week, we're here to bring you the strategies and advice that you need to achieve your publishing and writing goals. This week, we're talking to Mei King Sang about creating FOMO. That is fear of missing out. Mei King Sang first name is Mae King, calls herself the UK's number one and the original FOMO creator. The crux of her work is to create content, real, raw, and right now. Creating the buzz across your socials gets the lurkers excited where they may buy into your product, service, digital challenge, or your next event. And that's what she can help you do for your next launch, challenge festival, or conference. I spoke to Mae King about why creating FOMO is important and how authors can do it for a new release and to promote their back catalogue. I'll be honest, I haven't actually previously considered using FOMO for authors. It makes perfect sense. Uh, it's kind of genius way of thinking about it. So I'm very excited to share this with our listeners. Yeah, it's one of those things. It's so easy to forget to do it, particularly if you're the kind of person like me, where you're so focused on actually finishing the book, you forget to then promote it. <laughs> Finishing it means you've actually written a book, but if no one reads it... <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. And that's why techniques like makings, like Nicholas Eric's, like um, some of the other promo methods that we've discussed over the last few episodes is really important. And this is actually our last interview of 2021. Oh, this last interview of 2021 makes it sound like... Oh, it feels like a monumental occasion, you know? It does, yeah. I mean... You think how many interviews we've done now. It's our longest season and the interviews are longer episodes, but I feel like I've learned so much from talking to these people. Absolutely. The content within the interview episodes is astounding. Um, it's shocking we're giving it away for free, uh, but <laughs> that's the beauty of it. There's so much good stuff in there, regardless of what you need to know about right now. There's something in each episode for everyone. It's well worth listening. Yeah, exactly. And we will be doing a reflections episode at the start of December to wrap up. And then Ellie is going to be honoring us with some bonus content throughout December to keep everyone going. Yeah, we've, I've got some things planned just sort of in terms of reflecting and looking at my growth and how I think what I've learned, even in the last year, there's some good... It, good stuff you can take away from that and uh some of it is uh just general advice some of it is using me as a cautionary tale so. <laughs> <laughs> that though you're you're willing to say that yeah i fucked up just don't do the same oh, yeah. thing as me oh yeah i fucked up definitely um especially some of the stuff i'm i'm discussing in the going over the um, nine reasons episode so our first episode i'm sort of looking back at some of the advice in there and the advice is solid the advice is great if you follow it all i did not follow it all um <laughs> which i don't know if that makes me a hypocrite but i think that just makes me human everyone's human you know we all make mistakes and i've learned from that and i've got some things to share with our writers about that so and that's the important thing i think because you can know these things 
but putting them into practice is different. It's like when you learn to drive, you do a theory test and a practical test for a reason because they are different skills, but you need to know both of them and you need to be able to do both of them to be able to actually drive. Oh, there's, a, there's more of an analogy in there, I think, to explore theory and practical for writing. I'll have to come back to that. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I think it also applies to creative writing degrees as well, actually, Absolutely. which is something I discussed in an interview I did earlier with Kristen Spencer on her podcast, Writing Expensive Words, which should be out by the time this episode goes out. So I will link to that in the show notes if anyone wants to check it out. We are talking all about writing myths, which I know a lot of our listeners like. And every time I'm invited to do an, to do an interview, people are like, let's talk writing myths. I'm like, I don't remember what's in the book. <laughs> I stand by it all. Because I don't write things I don't believe in. But yeah, I as soon as I've written words on a page, they go out my head. So I don't remember what I said a lot of the time. And I get quoted back to myself. I'm like, that sounds really good. Yeah, who said that? Yeah. <laughs> I think you've done it to me, actually. You quoted one of my books back to me. I've definitely done it at least a couple of times. Yeah. That's such good advice. And I've turned and gone, you wrote that. Did you not remember? <laughs> no, no, I never do. That's fair. There's a lot of good stuff in that book. Too much good advice to, for you to remember. That's the thing. There's so much good content in there. You can't possibly expect it to remember it all. <laughs> if you would like even more good content and to show your love for the writer's mindset, you can support us over on Patreon for as little as one pound a month. And I'd just like to say a big shout out to all our patrons who've been with us since we set this up a few months ago. We've had some teething problems. We've changed a few things. We've experimented with things and your support really means a lot because we are here to support you so you supporting us in return means a lot it does i mean the money that people give even if it's just a pound goes a long way uh, in terms of supporting us in paying for software but also in just knowing that you're listening and knowing that you want us to carry on and that what we're doing is worthwhile so Exactly. It means a lot to us. As a patron, you get early access to episodes, bonus content, and our undying gratitude for supporting all the work that goes into creating these episodes to inspire and motivate you. If you want to join us, you can find us at patreon.com forward slash writers mindset. How's your writing been going this week then, Ellie? It's been on and off. Uh, I'm trying to get deeper in planning the series which is good because I know I work better with a plan um I want to try and outline more I haven't really delved too far into outlining yet but it's sort of like doing a little bit of writing here and there but I kind of want to work out where I'm going before I get too many words on the page and then realize I've got to change it all if that makes sense so I still have a chunk ready um about 15,000 words but I'm just trying to make sure I'm on the right track and that I'm still heading in the right direction, if that makes sense. Yeah, I get you. I've definitely found that the more in-depth my plans are, the fewer words I cut when I come to edit. I'll probably add words. I'm the kind of person that is, I think, backwards to a lot of people in the editing for me, particularly dev edits, is adding words. It's not taking them away. And I think it's probably because of that analogy we came up with in I Can't Even Remember What Episode. But where I was comparing writing a book to gaming, like I couldn't give a monkeys about the side quests, which are the subplots. I want to get to the main story and I want to get that done because I want to know what happens and stuff. And that for me is writing the main plot. And so the subplots come secondary. And I really am trying to change that. 
and that I'm probably not going to end up changing that until about book 20 now because I've already got drafts of like three more books. <laughs> so it will be the fifth Afterlife Cause series before I can actually experiment with those subplots. But one thing I'm trying to keep in mind now is that I have a rough number of chapters for my first draft and a rough number of chapters for my complete book there is definitely a pattern emerging. And if I can keep that in mind, I can look at my outlines and go, I'm missing something here. So that's what I'm trying to do when I turn my bullet points for the fifth Afterlife Calls book, which doesn't have a title yet, into an actual proper outline, because at the moment it's just post-it notes, which are hopefully still somewhere on my desk. That's really interesting, because it feels like you're almost analysing your own technique, studying your own previous techniques and try to find patterns in your own work and build on that that's really good how has your writing been going this week my dear slowly but also not slowly it, it's a weird situation um i am ahead on the necromancer secret although i don't have a cover for it yet i still haven't organized that and it feels nice to actually be ahead of it because i was planning to send it to beta readers in december and it'll probably be before that now that i can send it out which would be nice yes <laughs> no you I'm won't excited. be saying that when you read it um, yeah even if like bad things happen i'm still excited because it's such a good read and i just really like the characters yeah it's been really fun and comforting to work on and i think that's the thing is this year has been so stressful for me personally not just because of the pandemic but because of other things going on working on this series has really offered me a level of escapism i haven't felt since i wrote the original what happens in new york in 2008 wow that's amazing and that's why I'm ahead of that and slightly behind on Hollywood Heartbreak. And I've decided I'm probably going to publish Heartbreak next year rather than this year. Because I've got some notes back from beta readers on Heartbreak. And it's not like they're massive edits, but I still want to read back through New York and London because it overlaps with them and I want to get it right. But also reading back through my old work, particularly when it's 100,000 words, per book you know it's quite challenging for me like it feels like going back and wearing clothes that you wore 15 years ago that don't quite fit and aren't your style anymore and then you're having to leave the house wearing them <laughs> makes you feel a bit cringy bit cringy self-conscious paranoid imposter syndrome kicks in all the things so it is quite hard for me to go back through stuff and I want to give myself the right headspace to do that but also it's called Hollywood Heartbreak for a reason. And mentally, I think I need to be a bit more robust to go back through it because, you know, I do challenge my characters in The Necromancer's Secret and in the fourth book, The Witch's Sacrifice, but not to the level of Hollywood Heartbreak because that series in that book is about confronting your demons to become the best person of yourself. And when you're writing about confronting demons and you've been doing that very thing yourself for the last few months, it can be very hard to do both at the same time. Definitely. Both are very emotionally draining, I imagine, oh, yeah. and mentally draining. So having to do both side by side is it's just testament to how fucking strong you are, for, for starters, and uh, how determined you are, and I love that. Thank you. I mean, I have had to take a break, but I think sometimes you do need to take a break from a project. I've been writing about these characters now for 13 years. That's a long time to be writing about characters. I didn't know it had been that long. I it mean, started in 2008. Roughly, but I, yeah, that's crazy. 
So I think that break will do me good and allow me to edit it and write the final book much more easily. Because when you're wrapped up in a world for so long, it can become a little bit overwhelming. It's exactly the same as if you're in a relationship and the only person you ever speak to is your partner. You need that stimuli from outside of your relationship, whether that is a hobby or a pet or another person, you know? Absolutely. You've got to uh, balance it out. Yeah. And that's why working on Necromancer and also doing client work has been really helpful. One of the things I like about client work is that it's shorter projects. So I get that kind of um, endorphin release from finishing something much sooner. Like it's such a long-term thing to write a book. So when I'm balancing it with writing blog posts about mental health and marketing and things like that, and then getting the wins and being able to help people. And then in the mornings, writing about ghosts and necromancy and witches and things you know it's like a treat (laughs) yeah it's a nice balance and also then I feel like I've done something on my books but then also later in the day I've also helped another person so Mm -hmm. I get a nice balance of the two when I'm doing both at the same time that's good I mean I imagine at that point playing with ghosts and mummies and stuff almost feels like a treat right (laughs) in a way but I tend to use it as something to start the day rather than end the day because it's still a treat the the most important thing I think is that it puts me in a good mood at the start of the day because I'm doing something that makes me smile although it has been more challenging doing this particular batch of edits I think just because the closer the book gets to going to beta readers, the more nervous I get. Because this was the book in the series I was the most nervous for. I want to ask why, but obviously that'll involve spoilers. So maybe we'll just revisit your cruel, cruel ways in a future episode. Yeah, I think we'll leave it there. <laughs> I just feel like I would like to remind everyone that we have a Facebook group that's pretty good. The Facebook group you can access by going to writerscookbook.com forward slash Facebook group. We have accountability threads every week. We encourage each other. We share silly stories about what we've been up to this week and um, talk books and talk writing and all sorts of stuff. And it's free. And I feel like more people need to come and join us. Yeah, it would be great to see you in there. So just head to writerscookbook.com forward slash Facebook group and it will magically redirect you. Magically redirect you. Yes, magically. (laughs) See you there. With me today is May King Sang. Welcome to the podcast, May King. Thank you for having me. (laughs) I'm absolutely honoured, Christina. So for our lovely listeners, can you just tell us a little bit about yourself? So uh, my name's Making Sang. My first name is Making, and I'm on all the socials as Making Tea. Making, making tea, get it? <laughs> Laughing at my own joke. And I call myself the FOMO creator. So I help to create the buzz and excitement for business owners, people who are running um, a challenge, a launch, a, a conference, networking event, webinar, that kind of thing. That's what I do. Awesome. So for anyone who hasn't heard the term FOMO before, can you just explain what FOMO is and why it's important for authors? Yeah. So uh, for those of you listeners who are not down with the kids, FOMO means the fear of missing out. And in business and for authors, it's a good thing. We want to generate that buzz and excitement for what we do so that your lurkers 
because we've all got lurkers, let's face it. They're sitting on the th- fence. And when they see all this buzz and excitement, they think, oh my goodness, I need to buy that book. So it's really important for an author to generate that buzz and excitement in anticipation for the launch of their book. And they can use uh, and they can do that by creating FOMO. Does FOMO only work for launches though? Or is it something that could be done at any time? What a great question. It can be done at any time because if you think about it, people buy from people and life is not linear. You know, people, um, you know, might not have heard about you as an author yet, or people may have heard about you as an author, but haven't bought from you. And so because everyone is at different parts of their journey with you, um, you can definitely generate um, FOMO at every, um, you know, every bit of your uh, life, you know, even uh, coming down to, you know, uh, buying your, um, you know, your pen or, um, you know, uh, ink for, uh, for your fancy pen or something like that. Talking about that can generate that buzz and excitement. Um, and, uh, you know, all the way through to the actual launch or, um, you know, or even at the start when you're um, being inspired to, you know, think of ideas of how you can, um, you know, uh, incorporate into t- into your book. So yeah, in a nutshell, yes, um, we we buy from people. We need to get to know you as an author. How do we get to know you as an author? How do we get to know you as a a, a writer? As a, a you know, at every stage of your journey. And when the time is right from them uh, for your lurkers, then they will buy from you. So at every every moment uh, of those, you know, of that journey is where uh, FOMO can be generated. Cool. So then. I know some writers love a plan, some don't. I'm kind of on the fence. (laughs) But is it important to have a plan when you're creating FOMO or can you get away with winging it or maybe somewhere in between? If you want people to get to know you um, and be, um, you know, be attracted to your writing and uh, and what you're uh, publishing out there, of course, people need to get to know you. Uh, And so... um, they need to really understand who you are. Um, and so you can, you can, if you are a person of strategy, then yes, it makes sense to, you know, because that's an extension of your, uh, of your personality. So you can definitely generate FOMO with a strategy in mind, but you know, there'll be other authors who are creators and they, kind of wing it. I think you need a little bit of strategy. I've been a bit more structured in publishing, um, you know, content out there, I think really, really helps. But it works, um, you know, we were talking offline earlier, Christine, and we were talking about doing stuff that we enjoy. And, you know, if strategy is not your cup of tea and you're trying to force yourself down that route, then um, you're not going to enjoy it, are you? So um, a little bit of winging can help in some instances. But uh, as long as you're doing something to help generate that buzz and excitement, that's the most important thing. You know, really putting yourself out there. I think that's really important. So I can keep doing a hybrid. Perfect. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely, definitely. (laughs) Not everyone likes social media as much as we do, though. Um, (laughs) I don't know if you've ever come across that with some of your clients making. Yes, 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 yes. yeah and um y- you know I-, I think i think actually the pandemic um taught us a lot of things uh, and for those people who poo-pooed social media really got caught out and so you know it can 
contribute a significant amount to the buzz and FOMO that you want to generate. You know, our friends and family are on social media, our potential, uh, you know, readers and and listeners are on uh, social media in one form or another. So, you know, you can generate buzz and excitement uh, on social media, but there are other mediums as well. Um, You know, uh, email, you know, you you can go back old school, (laughs) you can ring people up if you want, if you wanted to. There are different elements, definitely. But um, we mustn't poo-poo social media because it it does uh, feature such a a large part in our lives. Um, And uh, it really helps, you know, um, when people get excited, they do like posting about it. And when other people posting about it, then other people are reading it, you know, and reading those comments and so on. And, you know, you want that viral effect to you know, uh, to appear uh, for uh, your book. So if you are afraid of social media, just start with one platform and get good at that before you move on to the, to the next one. That would be my recommendation. Do you have one particular platform that you would recommend over any other to get started? Oh, well, I mean, I'm a bit biased because I do like um, Twitter. <laughs> And that's where all the uh, hipsters and the journalists and the, <laughs> and the authors hang out, right? It's, a, it's an easy easier form um, medium because um, the writing community there is huge and I've seen how you are all supportive of each other you know my partner's an aspiring writer and he gets so much uh, support from other writers when he tweets out there uh, and I believe LinkedIn is also a great platform for writers too um, I've, I've seen other authors um, you know again supporting each other and helping each other uh, there as well I suppose it depends on um, what comes naturally to you, but um, I've, I, I have seen that a lot of people do prefer Twitter. A lot of authors do prefer a Twitter because it's only 208 characters, right? <laughs> yeah, I think Twitter has the lowest barrier to entry and it's the easiest to get to grips with because it's got the fewest features. <laughs> But, you know, um, Twitter has, um, you know, recently kind of given itself a a makeover. There's a lot of new features that are coming into being. Uh, Audio is starting to take precedent now. In in social media marketing, um, people have been saying, video, video is the next thing. And they've been saying it for over 10 years. And people still haven't quite got to the grips of video, the majority of uh, of people. But audio has really taken off uh, in the last sort of two to three years. So, you know, if you want to try and attract uh, an audio, audience then consider uh, Twitter spaces for example and uh, and talking to people and, and listening to people and that you know that might help you to get braver with uh, putting yourself out there. Do you think authors have to use audio or video to create FOMO because I know a lot of people have this fear of their voice or their face or both being out there or maybe they use a pen name for a particular reason like a lot of erotica or romance authors do to separate their real life with their author life for example do you know that's such a a great question you want your you know the written word to um to represent you but i do feel that you know that with with the world opening up with social media this is just my personal opinion generally people do want to know the person behind the written word uh, and so we do need to brave the waters a little bit and show a bit more of our personality, you know, not only in our written form, but also, you know, give people the opportunity to get to know you as an author. I mean, how exciting would it be as a published author to open up, um, you know, a, an audio space and invite your listeners to tune in and uh, and, uh, and and chat with you? I mean, you know, as an author uh, yourself, you're probably 
you know, with all the listeners and watchers uh, tuning in, you'll probably remember, you know, sort of queuing up and getting the autograph of somebody. And you can do, you know, you can kind of do that uh, with, you know, uh, using uh, social media to really, you know, create that uh, personality and and uh, that brand for yourself. As a side note, Christine Gritman has some really good ideas in our interview that we did with her, which is out now as well. And she talked about you could like take a picture of yourself wearing like red nail polish and just show like certain things that tie in with your brand and that feel uniquely you and I really liked that idea and I've, I think I've just got nail varnish on the brain because I need a manicure <laughs> I love Christina Gritman she is uh, the queen of branding so you definitely need to go and check her out on Twitter um, and uh, definitely get some tips from her um, I think you know as creators we do want our art to speak for itself we definitely do but you know being an author is a competitive space isn't it so what will distinguish your art from someone else's art form and that distinguishes factor is you yourself as a person as a human being sometimes when I go on Twitter and you know someone likes my tweet and it's someone that I've admired for uh, for years gives me the greatest joy so can you imagine you know um you tweeting as a published author and and somebody tweeting you and saying how much they enjoy your book and you give them a like or engage in a conversation you will make them feel like the most important person in the world and it will just be so wonderful for them because they've taken the time to absorb one of your creations and you know so to interact with them is just the most magical moment for them and it you know you're writing for them right you're writing for your readers so anyway yes I kind of kind of went off on a tangent there but yes um audio video I think definitely will help to really get people to understand who you are as well as you know the person behind the written word what tips would you give someone who feels self-conscious about going on audio or video well it's not about you folks is it (laughs) it's not about you it's about the readers it's about the impact that the joy that you are going to bring to your readers and I get it you know, I completely get it. We are all self-conscious. Oh my God, I've got a double chin. Look at me with my gray hair. <laughs> I don't look 18 anymore, but it's not about me. It's about your readers. It's about the joy that you are going to give to the world when you publish your book. And so give them a bit more joy by seeing a little bit of you, you know, uh, by hearing a little bit of you and just, you know, we, we do love to see, um, uh, a little bit of the personality of of, uh, of the authors. I'm sure you do, and you probably follow them on on Twitter. Your favourite authors, and you you know you, know, you gain an in, a little insight into who they are and what they do. So think about your readers. It's about them, the joy that you're going to give them, and when you know the impact that you're going to make on your. Uh, listeners and your uh, readers of your book it makes it less about you and so hopefully that will help you to remember that you know it doesn't matter if we don't look at 18 anymore it doesn't matter if we've got a double chin or white hair or all the rest of it because it's not about you it's about your readers one other thing I've noticed is that people are like oh I don't know what to talk about I don't have anything interesting to say and it's like it's not about what you find interesting it's about what your audience finds interesting and the behind the scenes writing stuff my readers really like to hear about even though I don't feel like I'm sharing anything interesting they find it interesting because they want to know 
about the process and how the books are coming along and stuff like that. And even like the background research for books can make really great content. Like I published a post on Friday about um, Egyptian mummies because my latest book is The Mummy's Curse. And it's done really well. And it's inspired new content ideas to promote the same series. Just from the fact that I obsessively watched mummy documentaries for a few weeks. And, you know... The the creative brain of an author is so it's so amazing. You've got so much to show. You have so much to show. Um, you know, uh, my partner is an aspiring um author, and you know he gets so much joy from um, from writing. You know, in his books, and when he's you know when he's run out of a fountain pen, he'll go out and and, and um you know and, and buy another and. Now, yeah, I mean, when you're posting, you will be inspiring somebody. If you brave the waters, you are making an impact on the people that are reading your stuff. So, yeah, behind the scenes stuff is all part of the um, creating buzz and excitement. You know, people get um, real joy about reading about what you're doing, you know, the creative process, you know, watching the, you know, mummy programs. I mean, that's amazing. I mean, I know um, my, my partner doesn't put out as much as, uh, as, he, uh, as he wants to at the moment but that you know he's just going through that process at the moment but uh, you know I have the privilege of tuning into his creative brain and it's incredible you know the, the things he watches the research he does it's it's incredible and, he, and if he can put that out there just as you're doing Christina that will inspire other people to you know take pen to paper which I think will absolutely you know people will absolutely love that remember as Christine said it's not about you it's about the community that you're building it's about the people that are going to be tuning in to find out the next installment of your you know your next book but you've obviously got to build those relationships first right and that can take quite a while sometimes absolutely I mean um you know writing a book um just like having a built uh, a business you know when you've got your product or your service you can't just say ta-da buy from me no you can't do that <laughs> it's amazing how many authors I do see post buy my book posts on social and then wonder why no one's buying their book it's like the number one social media mistake i see people make and you tell them not to do it and then they immediately go but i don't know what else to post every time every time well so if you can think of yourself as a consumer okay because we've all bought something in one you know in one time or another and you need to ask yourself why did you buy that thing Okay. Why did you buy that thing? Was it because of the brand? Is it because you know the brand? How do you know the brand? Is it because you've um, bought their stuff before? Is it because other people have recommended you to that brand? You know, and if you think of yourself as a customer, then your marketing also needs to reflect that because no one's going to buy from you if they don't know who you are. No one's going to buy from you if you haven't built relationships uh, with people. No one's going to buy from you if you just say, buy my book. <laughs> We have to do the hard grind before that. We have to build our community. We have to you know, let people into our, you know, into our lives a little bit, get people to know who we are and what we do and, uh, and you know, the creative process and showing behind the scenes stuff and how we got to this point and so on. Uh, so, yeah, all of that needs to be done in the lead up to, um, you know, in the lead up to your launch. Definitely. Is there such a thing as posting too much on social media, though? Uh, what no. kind of... Is there ever a point at which it becomes <laughs> spammy? 
or is it just it feels spammy because you're uncomfortable promoting yourself? Do you know, uh, that's such a great question. No one, nobody, no one is going to be tuning into your social media platforms 24-7, okay? Nobody. (laughs) You're not that important. (laughs) So if um, you don't worry about posting too much, you can't post too much. If you post too much of the same thing, then yeah, it'll get a bit boring. But if you, you know, you've got a creative brain, think creatively, you know, write that creation, that inspiration and put that um, out there, Um, you know, really help people to get to know you as a person, you know, and and what are your likes? What, What do you love? You know, are there any aspiring authors that you've just read? You know, why don't you share that? You know, if you go out for a a walk with, uh, with your dog and you've been inspired, you know, why don't you talk about that? Uh, We're all incredibly nosy creatures, but we don't look at someone's social media account 24 seven. So don't worry about posting too much because people will dip in and out. And if they really enjoy your stuff, then they'll keep tuning in. But if you keep saying the same thing, buy my stuff, buy my stuff, then they will tune back out again. (laughs) And let's not also forget how low the organic reach is on social media now. Like, isn't it 2% or something on Facebook? Yeah, yeah. Uh, And, you know, um, if you do have a bit of money, um, you know, a bit of a budget to enhance your um, marketing, then yes, I would definitely recommend you know investing in some ad spend um or getting an expert to do to do that for you but um but it's it's the building relationships uh that's really important when when we're allowed to go out and play again you know we are starting to go out and play and you know talk to our friends and family go to networking events and 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 this that and the other um and make you know, be helpful to others and people will remember you for that. Uh, And you never know when people will remember your book to somebody else. You know, you can network face-to-face, but you can also network online as well. And that's really important because if people like you, they know you, they trust you, they will recommend you and they'll recommend your book. But we have to do that work of building relationships and so on. Definitely. We do actually have an episode on social media networking as well with Tim Lewis. That was one of our first interview episodes. So he was a bit of a guinea pig, but he was lovely about it. (laughs) (laughs) Tim is amazing at building relationships and he's built an incredible network on Twitter as well as the other platforms as well. And uh, yeah, he's, uh, he's an incredible guy actually. He is, yeah. And I will include links in the show notes to Christine and Tim's episodes as well if you do want to check them out. If an author does want to create some FOMO around their books then have you got any other techniques that you would recommend either trying or that you know work really well? I actually helped uh, to create FOMO for uh, an author um, before the pandemic actually and she had um, 30 contributing authors to the book so she had a big launch and it was amazing. And so that was uh, fantastic because it brought all the authors together. We all had afternoon tea. Uh, there were interviews that were had uh, and so on. It was an incredible event. I tweeted it, did a couple of interviews as well. Uh, so having a, a big launch uh, for Brenda was amazing you know and I think for some of them they you know they'd met each other for the first time so having a physical event and uh, I think there were talks of doing a tour up and down the country as well you know um you could 
you know, potentially uh, do that. Um, I've seen authors do a virtual uh, event, you know, so they do, um, you know, almost like having a t-shirt and, you know, here in virtual land, you know, this destination, this destination uh, and get and, and doing inserts and, you know, little readings uh, from uh, from the book um, as well. So I, I think that's really creative. Um, I think, you know, I've seen authors, they've uh, distributed their books to uh, influencers and and have them do a little insert about, about the book and what they got from it, you know, that kind of thing. And, um, you know, going, going back to Tim, you know, he's the author of um, uh, some science fiction novels. He, you know, he took them to various places. And he's also the author of a book called Social Networking as well. Uh, and he took them to various places and uh, and he managed to sell his books at, you know, at various uh, places as well. So that that's quite creative uh, as well. So if you haven't built a community in the first place, then you won't be able to do that. So building the community is really first, you know, first and foremost, you know, the most important thing you, you need to do in order to be able to ask your community, would they like a copy of the book? Could you get them to, you know, um, you know, write a review or uh, talk about it on video or, you know, something like that? You know, I think those are uh, lots of really creative ways that I've seen that authors have done uh, in the past um, with their books. Do you know something that's worked really well for me in terms of community building? And it's the single most basic thing ever. I literally ask people what they're doing for the weekend. Oh, well, there you go. (laughs) It does so well. Every time I say I'm spending my weekend editing while it's raining outside or help, it's the bank holiday and I'm in this editing cave, please entertain me with the more interesting things that you're doing so that I can live vicariously through you. And people reply with things like I'm gardening, I'm watching TV, but it builds that relationship and it builds the engagement. And then it gets me more reach in the algorithms because more people are replying. So then people see more often when I'm posting about the mummy's curse or the Hollywood gossip books or whatever. That's amazing. And what's your favorite platform, Christina? Facebook. You're a Facebooker. I hate that I love Facebook. I hate it. (laughs) But... I think it's because Facebook and Google are algorithm driven and I like playing with algorithms and trying to outsmart them. So I love SEO and I love doing stuff on Facebook. I I do have a soft spot for Twitter, but I have got more, um, a higher ROI from the time that I spend on Facebook. Like my books never would have taken off if I hadn't invested in Facebook ads, for example. Mm. So I have that soft spot. And also I'm in a lot of Facebook groups and they are just so good for getting knowledge from people when you're feeling stuck. And a lot of my networking comes from Facebook as well. Although I did meet my editor on Twitter purely because I shared a picture of a husky and she has a husky as well. (laughs) But it's that human side of it. I said I was babysitting my mum's dog and posted a picture of him. And she replied because he was a gorgeous husky and she has a gorgeous husky, you know? simple things amazing amazing but yeah i mean you know facebook is was the original um you know probably the first social media platform that everyone went on oddly enough my first one was twitter but um but yeah you you know you've got to go where you think your readers are and you know i think is that over 50 percent of the uk population are on uh, facebook and uh, and so you know if you think that your readers readers are going to be there then yeah you should definitely uh, be there facebook is great for like you say you know engaging with people on uh, facebook groups twitter just launched twitter communities and that will be interesting uh and then of course facebook Facebook have launched their uh, audio platform as well uh, so that you know um, it's like a kind of a 
podcasty type thing. Twitter has Twitter spaces. So yeah, you just have to go where uh, you think your audience will be. Yeah. And that can be the challenge sometimes is finding out where they are. But I decided to just ask my ARC readers what platforms they're on. And they all had Facebook accounts. Some had um, Instagram. A few had TikTok. And like one was active on Twitter. Oh, wow. That's interesting. And that's for my fiction. I know some of my nonfiction readers are on Twitter because I talk to them on Twitter. Mm. But my focus is my fiction at the moment. So I have to think about that and then just use Twitter to post dog pictures, you know? <laughs> well, I mean, one thing I will say about Twitter, because I'm biased, <laughs> is um, it's where all the journalists hang out. So, you know, if you wanted to gain a bit of local press, perhaps, uh, in anticipation of your launch, then you may want to consider, you know, uh, stalking <laughs> your local journalists <laughs> and maybe building a relationship with them. Not say, hey, I've got a book. I want to launch it. Will you promote it for me? No. Build a relationship with them. Talk to them. Uh, talk to talk to them as you would you know if you were at a barbecue and um you know you start uh, doing small talk with somebody and get to know someone you know that that's the kind of thing that you can do uh with uh, the journalists you know um that that's my recommendation anyway i do think people overthink what they're going to post on social a lot of the time though like you don't want to word vomit and put your foot in it and end up getting fired from your day job but at the same time <laughs> there is something to just talking to people like you would, like you say, as if you're at a barbecue, because you're just more laid back and you're more authentic as well. Absolutely. Uh, and it goes back to people want to know who you are as a person. Um, and so, you know, Christina said it earlier before, you know, you may not think that what you're posting is interesting, but this isn't about you. It's about your readers. And so, you know, letting them um, show a little ins insight into who you are as a person and, you know, uh, and what you're writing about or where you're getting inspiration from um, is really you know it is really that the um one of the things that you can really do in order to grow your community and grow grow your following and when the time is right when you're ready to publish that's when you know people have already invested in you they already like you they know you they, they trust you and then you can ask for the sale and say oh by the way my book is being launched and if they've followed you for a long time they've liked what you've done then you know um getting them to buy a book will be a no-brainer but don't wait until you've published your book before you come out on socials or emails or uh, whatever platform and say ta-da buy my book <laughs> <laughs> how can you track if all of this activity is actually working then how do you measure success is the focus just on the book sales or because it's such a long-term game is it more about looking at those relationships that you're building of people who are going to become invested in the series further down the line? That's such a good question, because what does success mean to you as an author? You know, if you are a first time author, building relationships is so important. If you're worried about audio or worried about video, publishing your first video or your first audio or even putting your first social media post out there, I would consider that as uh, you know, a success. I, I think sometimes, um, I think the way that society has, has go gone over the years, we, we always want the, 
you know, um, the big ta-da right at the end, but actually it's the whole process, the, the, the journey can also be earmarked by success as well. So, you know, when I, um, I have to tell you readers, I've got about seven titles in me, got imposter syndrome and I haven't finished my first book yet. <laughs> Just letting you uh, let you know. But, you know, when I came back to the UK in 2016, after being away for six years, I had to start all over again. I had to start my life. I had to rebuild my business. And so I worked really hard to get to know, you know, to be helpful as possible to help others. And hopefully if I help others, then they may remember me. And so the first time that I posted after being away from the country was a success. The first time I got my speaking gig uh, in Europe was a success. The first time I got my first FOMO client was a success. And we need to remember those milestones. You know, uh, it's not just the end goal of writing a book and uh, selling your first book, your 10th book, your 100th book. It's way, it goes way beyond before that. Oh, yeah, definitely. I think sometimes there can be that self-consciousness of not wanting to be like, look at me, I've done this amazing thing. And if you do do that all the time and don't show some form of vulnerability as well, then it does come across as bragging. But if you find that balance of I've done this amazing thing, but also you share the less shiny, amazing stuff, it makes you feel much more human and it creates a much deeper connection. And then people are celebrating those wins alongside you rather than resenting you for it. Yeah. And, you know, I think you've you've raised a really good point there because um, much as I you know, love social media. That's only a part of you that you publish out there. And so it is important to show the upsides and downsides from time to time. If we just show all the upsides, then yeah, people will form an opinion of you, but we need to show that we're human. So we need to show that, you know, if we get writer's block, talk about it because people will relate to that. If you've, um, you know, if there was a day where you had an off day, it's okay to talk about that, you know, maybe um, share it in your stories, you know, Facebook stories or Instagram stories, perhaps so that it disappears after 24 hours, but you're building relationships with people who will really, really relate to you as, as a human. And uh, I I think that's really important. Definitely. Yeah, I agree. And too often it almost feels like everyone wants to put out the same version of themselves on social media everyone is all really shiny and polished and happy and hyper and all these things that aren't really them yeah um and and you know it's because we're human we know we don't want to be judged we want to put out the best version of ourselves and i get that you know one of my best performing posts was when i um put out there you know i was struggling um, and, um, but I reminded myself, uh, like Gandalf, this too shall pass. And the, the amount of support that I got from that post, you know, was incredible because most people will see me online, see this, you know, person's got a big belly, belly laugh, incredible collection of hats and, um, you know, and making tea puns and all the rest of it. And when I put out that post, you know, I had a few private messages. Oh my goodness. I didn't know you were struggling uh, with your mental health as well, making, other people saying, oh my gosh, making me too. And it helped me to reconnect with people I hadn't spoken to in, in a, a long time. So I think it, you know, especially now more than ever, um, when you've built up a community, it's okay not to be okay. <laughs> uh, and, um, and it's okay to, you know, 
put it out there because people will see such strength in that because you're not being completely polished uh, online all the time. And that's something we try and do on this podcast. I was very open when I was struggling about with my books and when I almost quit. I said, you know, I'd had enough. I wasn't sure if I wanted to keep doing this for the rest of my life. And I really needed to take some time to reevaluate. And now I'm out the other side, but I kind of needed those six weeks, two months to really think things through. And if I hadn't taken that time, I probably wouldn't be where I am now. And I think it's important to share that that happened so that people know that it is normal. Good for you, Christina. Um, good for you. And I, and I think that, you know, like I say, now more, more than ever, m- mental health is not a taboo subject anymore and people are opening up and people are talking about it, which is fantastic, you know, and it's amazing. And uh, and sometimes when I'm quiet on socials, you know, my friends will message me and say, are you busy or are you, know, or are you okay? <laughs> and they will check in with me and I'm incredibly grateful uh, for that. Um, so yeah, I mean, we do, you know, we, we do want to public um, post the best version of ourselves on online. But if everything was, uh, you know, happy and, and plain sailing and, and all the rest of it, it's not truly authentic because we all have, you know, ebbs and flows. Uh, and uh, and I really congratulate you for uh, for being open about your story, Christina. I think your listeners will really appreciate that. Thank you. It it's one of those things. It wasn't easy to talk about. It feels easier because I'm just sitting here talking to Ellie about what's <laughs> happening and a lot of the time Ellie's muted because the cat's messing up in the background you know like <laughs> the episode we recorded me saying that I nearly quit writing her cat was going for a crap in the background so she had to be <laughs> muted and couldn't reply it was so funny um yeah <laughs> you can't make that stuff up I've got to make sure that goes into the blooper reel actually <laughs> I'm laughing with you, not at you, Christina. Um, but yeah, I mean, being being an author, um, you know, it is like being in business and it, and it, is, it is hard, um, you know, uh, especially for us creatives. Um, you know, we love the creative side of writing a book and, you know, getting it published, but getting people to, you know, tune in and buy the book and the marketing side of things, you know, that's the bit that we, you know, um, that creators definitely need help on as well. But don't wait because people want to share that journey with you. You know, uh, remember that as well. You could be inspiring the next uh, writer when you post uh, where you've had an idea or where you've done some research or, you know, um, or you've found some tool that really help you uh, with uh, writing or, or whatever it is. So, yeah, think about um, think about your community um, as you're posting. I, I do know that the, the authors are a really supportive community and they all love to help each other. There's not enough books out there for people. You know, there's always room for more. There's always room for more definitely there is and there are two big misconceptions i've noticed that you've just debunked there and one is that there's a limited number of readers so why publish the other one was that um the author community isn't very supportive and everyone's out to get each other but oh, i have God. noticed in every creative community whether they are musicians whether they are filmmakers or authors or poets or whatever no one judges anyone else's craft like you find people outside of the literary community often judge romance writers for example but romance writers are some of the hardest working because of how competitive that genre is and actually romance writers are very well respected 
in the author community because of how hard they work and because they're probably going to make the most money because of the genre they write in. And so all it takes is joining one of those author groups or hopping into a Twitter thread and or even, you know, starting your own and asking for help. And you would be surprised at the responses that you will get. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, the, some of the authors that I, I know are, you know, avid book readers. So, you know, they they could be your customer too, you know, other authors. It's, uh, you know, um, we definitely need to find our community and help each other. And when you help each other, that's where the magic grows. It really is. I see some of my partner's tweets and the way he interacts with other people. And it's incredible, you know, the support that he gets and the support he gives to others as well. And on Twitter, you know, it, it's microblogging. It's, you know, you're you're still sort of practicing your writing in a way, aren't you? Um, yeah. I'm, I, I know sometimes they have little sort of um, not competitions, but things that, you, you know, hashtags that you can get involved with to, to write a particular thing. So, you, you know, you're keeping your brain uh, active and creative uh, by um, by following that community and, and helping supporting each other. Yeah. And you never know what knowledge you have that you might be able to share with someone as well, because everyone knows something that you don't know and you know stuff that other people don't know, like me and my mummy facts, for example. Absolutely. Um, and actually, one thing that I will say is um, we need to create content for the lurkers. There will be people who look at your stuff they never like, they never reply, they don't comment, but they are there. So don't be too discouraged if you've posted, you know, this post and you think, oh my God, this post is amazing. And you haven't got any likes on it and you haven't got any replies. People have read it. They just have not uh, taking the time to like your post but don't take it personally because we've all done it we've all been on our phone and we're scrolling and we're scrolling we've read that bit so we'll scroll to the next post and we'll scroll to the next post so um just remember that your community your lurkers are there uh we just need to continue to show up continue to give value uh and uh and as i said when the time is right for them then they will invest in you and buy your book exactly So let's take a moment to talk about you then. This is a question we ask everyone. (laughs) What's one book that changed your life? And I don't know why I've gone really hoarse all of a sudden. (laughs) (laughs) I'm losing my voice now. What's one book that's changed my life? Oh, it has to be um, How to Win Friends and Influence People, Dale Carnegie. It's an oldie but a goodie. And... It is a great book for helping you to uh, build relationships with people. We've got two ears, one mouth. Use it in that order. Um, and it comes up with all sorts of other incredible uh, tips as well. But that's definitely helped me uh, in my business. It's helped me as a person. It's uh, it's a book that I always recommend to people. Um, I think it's an incredible book um, for you to live your life as well as, um, you know, being uh, the best you know, best author that you can be. Awesome. Where can our listeners go to find out more about you? About me? About Uh, you. (laughs) Hi, on Twitter, of course. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Making Tea, that's M-A-Y-K-I-N-G-T-E-A. If you um, are um, worried about social media, uh, if you uh, are, you know, near uh, a book launch and you want some other creative ideas on how to launch it, you just want to chat to someone, uh, then um, yeah, you can catch me there and, uh, and we'll, uh, we'll get onto a Zoom chat and, um, and uh, discuss your book. That'd be amazing. Awesome. That was really lovely. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us. It's been a great chat. Thank you for inviting me. I hope your listeners found it useful. Did you find this episode enlightening? Don't forget to hit that shiny, shiny subscribe button so that you never 
miss an episode. Or if you're watching on YouTube, make sure you hit like and subscribe. It really helps other writers find our videos and lets us know what type of content you want more of. And don't forget, you can support the Writer's Mindset over on Patreon for less than your favourite coffee a month. Join our growing gang of writers to get early access to episodes, bonus content, weekly writing sprints, and monthly catch-ups with us. Visit patreon.com forward slash writer's mindset to come and join us. See you next time. Keep writing.